While we believe the information in this broadcast is reliable, we cannot guarantee its accuracy. Opinions expressed are subject to change without notice and are not intended as investment advice or solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. Please consult your financial professional before making any investment decisions. Investment advisory services are offered through Precision Capital Management and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. The firm only transacts business in states where it is properly registered or is excluded or exempted from registration requirements. SEC registration is not an endorsement of the firm by the commission and does not mean that the advisor has attained a specific level of skill or ability. Fiduciary duty extends solely to investment advisory advice and does not extend to other activities such as insurance or broker-dealer services. Advisory clients are charged a quarterly fee for assets under management while insurance products pay a commission which may result in a conflict of interest regarding compensation. Welcome to Beyond the Business, presented by the Coastal Financial Planning Group. Each Saturday morning at 8.30, listen in to successful business leaders and entrepreneurs from across the low country talk about what it takes to succeed in business and in life. Now your hosts, Rick Durkee, Eric Cox, and Leslie Haywood. And good Saturday morning, low country. Welcome to another edition of Beyond the Business, heard exclusively here on 94.3 WSC. I'm one of your hosts, Eric Cox, as usual, with the lovely and talented Leslie Haywood. Hey, Low Country. Thank and you for following us this morning. Hey, l- let me get the Facebook stuff no, out. No, I was just going to say, and finally. And finally. Back with us. Oh, yes. Been a few weeks is uh, the one and only Rick Durkee. The often imitated, never duplicated Rick Durkee. <laughs> Glad to have you back, Rick. We've missed you. <laughs> hey, the, thanks. Low thanks. Country has missed you. Rick's been a little bit under the weather here, but I'm driving through it. You know? All right. Yep. Now, Leslie, here we are, May 20th. You can dive (laughs) in and tell our listeners how to find us in all kinds of neat places. Yes. Go on Facebook and check out our page, Beyond the Business, and make sure and follow us on Twitter at BTBCHS and uh, hashtag BTBCHS. Thank you so much. And, Leslie, I know uh, a week ago, we didn't get a chance to talk about this on the air, but you had kind of a fun experience in Charleston uh, out one evening. Would you tell our listeners about that fabulous experience? Oh my gosh, I so stalked Rick Springfield all the way to his hotel room. <laughs> Actually, I lied. Not the, the, the to the lobby, just to the lobby. Oh my gosh, he was at Halls. I am just still. That was such an experience. I oh my gosh, he is the love of my life. Sorry, Jason, but I mean he's on my list. He's on like, my list. Yeah, he is on my list. <laughs> Remember, this is a kid's show. It's uh, uh, 8.30 on Saturday morning. So um, anyway, uh, let's reflect back on our show from last week. We had uh, Mr. Herbert Drayton, the third on, who's president and CEO of Vertical Holdings. And what a neat show um, the last two weeks that we had with Mr. Drayton. Yes, I um, like his first entrepreneurial experience. On the streets. On the streets of Charleston. On the streets of Charleston. He Um, wasn't very good at it, but that was where he got the taste of making some money. If you did not get a chance uh, to hear that show, we should have it up on podcast in the next couple of weeks. You can go to CoastalWM.com. That's, again, CoastalWM.com. Look for the radio icon and pull up Mr. Drayton's show. And one of the things that I loved about his show, he gave some great insights about uh, certainly uh, being a business owner and success, and he's obviously spinning multiple plates. But I don't know if you remember, we asked him, what's your favorite book or book that's really helped you get to where you are today? And the answer was, why should white guys have all the fun? So, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> this show is just a plethora of information. Rick, what do you think about that? About why white guys should have all the fun. You have to read the book to understand that. That's one. right. And I guess it's one of those things that you say you had to be there. Had to be um, there. So. But uh, I guess that's the same reason that 
why white men can't jump. Absolutely. So uh, on that note, we're turning to another great show today. We're excited to have in the studio Christine Osborne. Christine, welcome. Thank you for being Thank here this you. morning. I'm excited to be here. So we're looking forward to diving in. In case you don't know Christine's background, it's real simple. She is the head magic maker, as it's called, over at Wonderworks here in Mount Pleasant. And so we're looking forward to hearing all about your all success and what you're doing in the community. But obviously, as we uh, say, beyond the business, what's our tagline there, Leslie? People you know, stories you don't. You did well. You did well. So we're going to dive into some history on Christine. Um, one of you want to take us back? Yeah, sure, Christine. So like the like the show says, this is beyond the business. So Got let's it. go. But before we do that, just real quick, in case someone has been living under a rock, what do you? What is WonderWorks? What do you do? It's one of the most magical places in the world. We're excited, and we're so it's special because it's here in Charleston, South Carolina, in this area. And um, there's four areas you can go to, four different stores, and it's especially toy store. It's one of those um, dying breeds, but we're kind of re- making it a resurgence and making it fun and exciting. And you walk in and you get to play. It's experiential and. You see your local neighbors there in the community, and some of them have even developed products that are in there. And it's fun. A lot of laughter, a lot of child memories coming out when you walk in. And it's just a magical place, and the people make a difference. And fun is good. Fun is great. (laughs) So on that note, we want to go back, as we always do, um, and hear where it all began. And so take us to childhood about Growing up and life in your family and what all that good stuff was like. Well, you know, Lordy, Lordy, when I was um, little, my parents are German and they lived in Germany and grew up in Germany. And after the war, they immigrated to Maine. And that's where I was born after my sister. And my father was in textiles and I had to speak German my whole life until I went to college at home. And I had to pay a nickel for every American word I spoke unless I had friends there. So my sister and my brother... You know, my sister, her German is great. Mine's not that good. I had a lot of friends, and I brought them over a lot of times. Um, but it was an interesting childhood. We they, they moved from when I was about one to Clemson, South Carolina, in the heat of August with no air conditioning in a car with two little ones under the age of three. And um, I grew up in Clemson, and that's your idyllic childhood then. Clemson had 1,200 people at that time. We knew everybody, um, 2,400 students. So we were outpopulated, and our high school was real little. And um, I was kind of quirky. I was that German girl in the neighborhood or in the city, in the town. And, you know, we knew the French family, and there was a family that was French. The French family. The French family. <laughs> the one. <laughs> and our house would get eggs sometimes. And, you know, it was it was kind of interesting because I would go down when I was a little kid. My memories are not of... I had friends over, but I would also do a lot in the neighborhood, and I'd run down the, the hills and on Riggs Drive and um, go visit all my elderly neighbors, and I loved doing for them. And they were so wise, and I'd go sit at their feet, and I'd listen to them and, at the, and help them. And I was just like I, like I liked giving. I liked doing. That was just who I was. And when I was 10 years old, my mom um, suggested I get tested, you know, for a career. And she was very, you know, Germans are all strict and all that sort of thing. And so we all got tested and I tested out for a ferry boat driver. Well, there aren't very many ferry boat jobs in the country. So the other one that tested out was occupational therapy. 
And so I went on, I was a Girl Scout, very nerdy. And um, I was very bossy. I always liked to be the leader. And I loved cleaning up my room and doing things. And I loved helping my teachers at school. So it was really quirky. And I talk about your quirks because your quirks are who you are. And those quirks are going to carry through your entire life. And they bail your butt out. And they're nothing to be ashamed of because it makes us all individuals and who we are. And those quirks, and there's so many fun stories, but um, I ended up being a, being a camp counselor for Down syndrome children. I went on, on a Girl Scout, Girl Scout event and got to work with physical and occupational therapists and decided I want to do OT and Down syndrome are my love. And I started working, and I've been working since I was 10. I haven't stopped. Mm-hmm. And I'm 58. I'm celebrating my birthday next week. I think I'm going to be 58. I'm always not good at that. But So um, I was a camp counselor at Camp Hope and Camp Alert in Clemson, and it was the camp that you spend the night with. And um, you'd have the same campers coming every year for one week or two weeks. And one of the sessions had a bunch of Charleston folks coming on a bus from Ladson. Ladson Center. I was like, oh, if I can be an OT and get that dream job. I was like, oh, that's going to be great. So my mother would um, trek me down to Charleston um, every year since I was 14, and I'd meet with occupational therapy people because I was the only OT program in the state. And um, I ended up graduating from the OT program. I went to College of Charleston. And graduating from the occupational therapy program, and I was their youngest recruit after two years of College of Charleston. And most everybody had had four years under their belt, but I crammed it in two years. And I was like, why did y'all graduate me? I was like, why did y'all do that when I was, you know, that that nerdy and stuff? And they were like the wrath of Margaret Staple, your mother. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And then they're laughing and they're like, no, 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 Christine, you're fun. You're awesome. You're great. Your personality is perfect for occupational therapy. Well, my dream job was supposed to be Ladson Center. And I ended up, after I graduated, I got the job and went on my honeymoon. And I met a guy in Charleston. His name's Wayne Osborne. He's the love of my life. And we've been married 36 years. And I have two wonderful children, Wayne and Kyle, and they both recently got married. And I have two grandbabies. And... um Wayne, the Charleston people don't move. So Wayne wasn't going to leave Charleston. And I kind of wanted that job. So we got married after I passed my boards. And lo and behold, I was gone. The governor froze the position. And when you're an occupational therapist and you really want to do something with your heart, it's like that passion is just like, because when you're little and you grow up, you talk to people about Down syndrome children and they're angels. They're just literal angels. They're always happy. And I could see that you know, for people who are like trying to figure out what a passion is, a passion is when you're talking and talking and talking and you're like, don't you get it? Don't you love it? You know, these kids are great. This is what they did. I can't wait for camp to start and I'm going to be a camp counselor and blah, blah, blah. And it just, you know, and their eyes glaze over. When you're talking to somebody and their eyes glaze over, it means that that is your passion. That is not their passion. And it clearly is something that you're really high on, you know, in life. And I knew that from the start. And so I ended up, I'm like, okay, here I am in Charleston. That job's not available. What am I going to do? And the only occupational therapy job was at Medical University. So I got I to gotta interrupt your question, or a second, ask a question. Going back to your childhood. Yeah. Um, 
thinking about what you wanted to do when you grew up. Was occupational therapy planted at that young age? Uh, it was being caring and giving and doing things that were good and making a difference in the community. And where did that come from? It came from the Girl Scouts. And the Girl Scouts, I was in ballet, and I was in Girl Scouts. And Girl Scouts at that time were really nerdy, but all my close friends in Clemson, we were all Girl Scouts. And we'd go camping, and we'd go up to Table Rock and camp way back. And some of my dearest friends to this day are, you know, from that camp. And I would do that, and that would be the only time I'd take off from working at Camp Alert. But I loved it. It was Girl Scouts' You know, having an organization like that is great. You know, I liked the badges. I liked the book. I liked doing something. I liked checking it off. I liked the acknowledgement of being able to sew on the little badge. But what I didn't learn at that time, which I learned later, is that it provides you motivation and it provides you structure. And the friendships that you make of those groups, whether it's a 4-H group, a girls or boys program or whatever, and nowadays, it's not so much a Girl Scouts. It's more like soccer, you know, Mount Pleasant Soccer United or James Island United or, you know, the the sports teams and things like that. My son were my sons were in a lot of that. Or it's the karate or Tai Chi or any of that sort of stuff. Those groups, those people that are around you, they affect and formulate who you are. Now, what did your what did your parents do? You said your dad was in textiles. Was he any um, influence as far as I, an entrepreneur? Well, my dad invented like about eleven patents for textile so machinery. So it does. Okay, so it did start there. And Tell his, us a little bit about and, that. And his parents, they're German, and they ran, had a textile machinery in Europe, in Eastern Europe. And they were in textiles. And during the war, World War II, my dad flew for the Luftwaffe you know, the German Air Force, because he was German, and his brother was on the Russian, a medic on the Russian front. And they, one night, Umi and Upi are my grandparents, and she's very giving, my grandmother. I thought that was Oma and Opa. I know, everybody says that. <laughs> we called them Umi and Upi. But, but, you know, they ended up, in the middle of the night, got calls that the partners of the business were um, being disappearing and that they were next. So they took two empty suitcases and went across the border and went to the, and the guards were there at midnight. And my grandmother's very boisterous and very gregarious, I should say, not boisterous, very gregarious and fun-loving and just, she's awesome. And her parents ran a bakery when she grew up. And so here my grandfather, they got the news, they took these empty trunks and threw in only scrapbooks and jewelry or silver. That's all they put in there. They left the lights on in the house and took off. They were gone, like within seconds. And they got to that border, and the guys said, we're coming to look in your suitcases. And she said, let me tell you something. I've been waiting to go on this vacation. We've been supposed to go on this vacation. I've been waiting, you know, for all day long. He was supposed to be back at 5 o'clock. It is now midnight. Are you kidding me? And she went on and on and on, started squawking like a, you know, hysterical German frog. And they looked at her and said, just frog, just go, just go. Well, if that had not happened, they wouldn't have ended up moving right next door to my mother's family in Hamburg, Hamburg, because they were coming out of Poland. And so they ended up right beside my mother's family. Now, my mother's family, they are German and American. My mother 
she wrote a little memoir. My dad, they just moved here from Clemson about three years ago, and they were at the Palms. My dad passed away about a year ago. And um, my mother's parents, he had a fruit hoof on the fruit hoof. He had a container ships, you know, the container ships you see in the ocean. He had three of those, Austin Blick, Austin Tour, and Austin something. And they took bananas and all the fruit from South America and would take it to Germany and also take it to America and these container boats. So he had his own business, shipping business, and he had Jewish partners. Well, he ended up finding out that his Jewish partners were also disappearing. And so he and was... When you say disappearing... They just, they, my mother has like the memoirs written and it's not fun stuff. She talks about the little girl putting her ear to the bathroom door and hearing her father telling her mother things that he was hearing were happening mm-hmm. and her mother and father sobbing. So he was, he was told that he had to give up his company, his shipping company and give it to the German army so that the boats would go up and down the Rhine and feed the German troops. And in exchange, the partners would be let, you know, would be allowed to allowed to leave. Live. Yeah. And so he he did that, you know, and he was not Jewish, you know, but the Jewish, you know, partners were like family, you know. And he ended up staying and my grandmother was American. And he met my grandmother because her father was in the shipping business out of Boston and they fell in love and. She was up for the Olympic figure skating team for the United States. And back then it wasn't called the Olympics. It was called something else. And you couldn't be married and be on the team. So she got married to him and got kicked off the team and became more German than anybody in her family. By the way, in case you're wondering whose voice that is, uh, and just join us this morning, it's that of Miss Christine Osborne, who is the head magic maker over at Wonderworks in Mount Pleasant. Of course, you're listening to her here on Beyond the Business. And, Christine, as we were talking about earlier, as you're kind of giving some backdrop to your story, um, the, the seed of entrepreneurship goes deep into your family. It really does. And, and so when is that magic moment for you? Obviously, we, we've been talking about you know, your occupational therapy days mm-hmm. and your love to help people. When did the seed of entrepreneurship sort of strike you in the head? Well, after I graduated from college, I ended up working at Medical University. And I graduated from there, and they were awesome. And I ended up learning great things from about managing. But the business courses that you get in college when you're in the healthcare career are not great. So the entrepreneur bu- bug kind of came. I'd always done lemonade stands and that type of thing. And I was always a leader in school with editor of the annual and all that sort of stuff. And I want to hear about your Girl Scout cookie records. <laughs> they were really good. I bet they were. <laughs> I also also was a Girl Scout leader for the handicapped troop and the special needs troop at um, here, Charles Webb Center. When I was in college, I was doing that. But the entrepreneur bug, you know, was kind of always there. And I kind of knew my grandfather always did that, you know. And I would go when we were little, we would go over to Germany because he got his company back after the war. And we saw those boats and stuff like that. And I remember curtsying to all his 20 employees in the office. And my brother would do the bowing. And I'd have my dental client and he'd have his Lederhosen. And we could only speak German. 
So I remember that, and that kind of stuck in me. I was like, wow, this is kind of neat. You know, you get to be your own boss. And I was always kind of bossy and, you know, all that stuff anyway. So um, when I ended up, I worked for people. You know, my first two jobs were as an OT and working in um, psychiatry, both of them. One was for the um, medical university, and then another was for Southern Pine Psychiatric Hospital. And oh, that prepared you well for entrepreneurship, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and it was great. And, you know, I started the psychiatric program at Southern Pines Occupational Therapy, that program. And I'd stayed there for about 10 years and was given that opportunity and got and had the opportunity to move up and do program development and start a head injury unit. So it's kind of like starting something, starting a program, kind of like entrepreneurship. And then I was asked to do marketing. And marketing, I love that part. That was great. Um, my sister was working at CNN, and my brother had developed patents, and he was working his own kind of entrepreneur business with security systems in California. And so I, we did our job kind of too well, Southern Pines. We ended up, the beds were getting filled. We developed, you know, ideas that were being used corporate-wide in the other 23 hospitals, and I was asked to share all that knowledge. And I had incredible friends there. An incredible mentor was Dan Morrissey. And when I went to interview for that job, this is a funny story, but when I went to interview for this job, and I think it's real important to be aware of people when you meet them, that people get dropped in your life for a certain reason. My husband I interviewed for that job because I heard it was coming open. I love medical university, but I knew that I wanted to do something more. And my boss at, at medical university even encouraged me. And she said it was a great opportunity, Christine. You could tear up. You, know, you could really do well with this program. And when I walked in for the interview, there's this man sitting there, and he's weird and strange. He said, how many workbenches do you need? And here's my entrepreneur stuff coming out. I'm like, okay, I'm so sorry, but this I'm probably not the person you're wanting in this position. Because occupational therapists, you know, they do relaxation therapy, stress management, assertiveness training. You know, we teach people how to cope. You know, we don't do underwater basket weaving. And I was just real honest with them. But I was like, and I walked out of the interview and I was like, oh, my God, I hope I never see that guy again. He was so strange, never knowing that he would be my partner 10 years later mm. at Wonderworks. And he called the next day and said, you have the job. And I'm like, oh, God, what if you don't want it? You know, I was thinking, I don't what want it. What if you don't want it? Yeah. I definitely don't want to work with you. I'm all like, gross. So, but I didn't say that. I just, I was like, why? Our philosophies don't match. He goes, actually, they were dead on. You're the only person who was honest with me that I interviewed and told me exactly what we needed and how we could make this a progressive hospital. So as we did things in the hospital for those 10 years, we had great opportunities. And I ended up getting promoted. This gentleman also got promoted. And I remember going to our corporate office to share all the neat things that we were doing with all the other hospital administrators and marketing folks. And then we ended up, um, start, things started happening because we would go see toy stores when we were at a corporate office in Austin, Texas, I'm like, Jesus, a light went off in my head. I said, there's nothing like this. Everybody was drinking. I'm like, 
we both had families, spouses, children that are active. You know, I'm like, oh, my God, this stuff is so cool. We don't have anything. There were some doll stores around, but and there, I think there were like seven toy stores on King Street at the time. And I'm like, but there's nothing like this stuff. And I had boys, you know. Morrissey had a boy. So I was like, oh, this stuff is so cool. Hands-on, functional, Legos, building, construction, science, you know, telescopes, all that. And so that ended up playing a factor. Everything happens for a reason. People have to understand your life is already planned out. You just got to open it up and make it easy on yourself. If you open your eyes and just let things happen and recognize people that are in your life, the magic just starts happening all the time. Let it go. Let it flow, I like to say. That's it. (laughs) And so, unfortunately, we're about to run out of time in this segment. We'll be back next week to dive in a lot deeper, certainly in terms of, of Wonderworks and, and your philosophies. Um, but give us a, a quick synopsis of the exit from corporate America, hospital groups in that case, into entrepreneurship. It's amazing. It's quite a ride. You have to persevere and you have to be ready for the ups and downs. But it's excitement to the max. And do you remember that moment where you decided, I'm going to make this leap? Oh, yeah. I so do. It was great. It was really great. And also, I was kind of like at that time where I was forced out. I wasn't forced out. I kind of, the hospital ended up getting sold because we were doing so well. We got sold. We were their cash cow. And we were their cash cow. And um, it ended up that somebody else bought us and I didn't jive with their philosophy. And they ended up um, being showcased on 60 Minutes. And they were shut down three months later. But I had exited before that. I was aware of what was going on. Sounds like a great place to leave it for this week. That's it. That's a cliffhanger. I know. I know. I'm excited. Can't wait for next week when we really get into the magic where all the magic happens. Ooh, and no make sure. Intended. <laughs> right. <laughs> make sure and follow us on Facebook at our Beyond the Business Facebook page and also on Twitter, BTBCHS. Where did that half hour go? goes by fast, but thank you for listening. Look forward to having our guests back here next week. And also you, our listener, here on Beyond the Business on WSCFM. The opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Securities are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Business, presented by the Coastal Financial Planning Group. If you're a successful business leader or entrepreneur and would like to be featured on a future program, send an email to rick at cfpgroup.biz. Listen in next Saturday morning at 830 for Beyond the Business, presented by the Coastal Financial Planning Group and heard exclusively on News Radio 94.3 WSC. Join the Christian business movement. Visit sc-c3.org. You've invested countless hours and dollars building your business, and now your investment in your business has paid off. But did you know that according to Business News Daily that more than 60% of small business owners planning to leave their business in the next 10 years don't have an exit strategy? Hi, it's Rick Durkee of the Coastal Financial Planning Group. Let me ask you, have you planned your personal financial future wellness as well as that of your business? Have you established a succession plan for your business? Have you developed a plan for your perpetual legacy? 
Join me for a free discovery workshop to develop the best strategy for your business. BEST Business Exit Strategy Timetable. Call now and I'll send you an invitation by email to learn how to develop your business exit strategy timetable. Call 843-735-5065. That's 843-735-5065 for this free discovery workshop on how to develop your business exit strategy timetable. 843-735-5065.